Welcome to the Connor Cherland Podcast, where I, Connor Cherland, end up having a conversation with musicians that I really love, playing some songs, hearing some songs, and sharing stories back and forth and learning from each other. On today's episode, we have Brian Titus of the Brian Titus Trio. Brian is known for creating a genre all his own called postmodern barn dance. What does it mean? I don't know. Listen to his music. That's what it is. Um, Brian is also an amazing guy. I've had many sit-downs with him before, and every time I talk with him, I just feel like he's one of the most genuine musicians and people I've had the privilege of meeting. So I hope you really enjoy our conversation. I hope you really enjoy his music, and enjoy. Oh, well, dude, it's good to see you. Uh, it's been a really long time. It has been you quite a while, my friend. In 2018. Yeah. Um, so I was supposed to come back to California kind of a lot this year, but yeah. thanks a lot, COVID-19, for yeah. ruining, my, ruining all my plans to see my buddies. Yeah, what types of gigs were you planning on doing? Uh, I think there were five weddings. Okay. And um, uh, like a charity event at the zoo, and uh, we were going to do another one of those variety shows that we did at uh, the Alcazar Theater and I think you know we were gonna I think you and I were gonna play at that I thought was I I weren't we I mean I never got approached about that but that's fine we're gonna make that happen man I'm down (laughs) let's do it dude I'm down um how have you been doing uh in Santa Barbara uh it's it's pretty good um I've been doing a lot of online events so uh that's why this green screen is behind me because i i like it i i just did one with this company and they like want me to have it look a specific way and um so i get to have a green screen which is cool um yeah there's a there's a lot of fun gizmos around my house now my house looks like a train wreck like a hundred percent of the time because i have a giant green screen (laughs) where there's typically a walkway um, yeah, so it's, it's a lot. What is, what has working from home been like for you lately? Well, I think at the beginning of the pandemic, um, I definitely was doing a lot more live streaming and I honestly, I, I, sh- I feel kind of like I'm letting some of my friends down cause I haven't been doing it that much here. Um, for a few different reasons. Um, the first one is, uh, I mean, you might remember that I, I worked at REI Santa Barbara, mm-hmm. so I, I, uh, I got a job working at the REI in West Hartford. <laughs> and uh, so I've been doing that a lot, which is great, because as you know, my other big passion besides music is is getting people hooked on, on doing outdoorsy stuff, whether that's hiking or biking or canoeing or kayaking or, you know, backpacking and that kind of thing. So I've been uh, in lieu of playing physical gigs. I have like one gig that's been hiring me a couple times a month. Uh, in lieu of that and doing online stuff, I've just been slinging backpacks to the masses, man. Nice. That's awesome. What, what, um, have you been going on hikes or like bike rides? What have you been doing to stay active? Well, uh, primarily during quarantine, I've been eating like just tubs of ice cream and what's <laughs> <laughs> you know, we all have to keep our spirits up one way or another, yeah. right? Um, but you know, at a certain point, it did get to the point where. 
I was wearing only sweatpants because my other pants were not fitting. And, right. You know, I just, I was like, okay, it's, it's, I got to do something about this. So I started running again and I've been, um, getting up to like seven, eight miles, um, out of whack. Um, but doing like three runs or so a week and it's cool. been really good for my mental health. That's, that's for sure. Uh, and, uh, trying to get out onto the trails as much as possible. So doing some trail running as well. Nice. Um, but I, I am glad that you invited me to do this because I dusted off my live stream setup, which is just basically like my phone and some <laughs> lamps with the shades taken off of them so I can get yeah. really bright light. That's awesome. Uh, it looks great. Thanks, man. You look great. Thank I love you. your green ski screen. It's so green cool. Scheme. Yeah. Thanks, man. Um, this way people can, you know, add their own backgrounds to it you know, in the future, yeah. hopefully, you know. Um, I would love to hear you play a song. Um, I don't know if you've been writing any new songs, but if you uh, if you didn't know what song to play, there's you know songs of yours that I would love to request. Okay, well, why don't you? What what song would you like me to play? I'll play one for you, and then I'll play one for me. Uh, let's do little bit. Little bit. All right. Very good, sir. All right, so this, I think, is a good song for the times because it talks about just, you know, that that that, that always is something that people share if you talk about it or talk openly enough. You'll find that you have something in common with almost anyone. And uh, so this is a song about that. All right. One, two, three. Same, the same in every one of 
That one has a guitar solo in it that is hard to do without the rest of the band. So I had to kind of just truncate that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds great, man. I, Thanks, I love man. that song. I think I find that song so romantic. Oh, like because I, I always thought it was like a song for you and your wife. Mm -hmm. of like uh, like when you're like when we're fighting, this is this is what we're doing to like bring it back to ground level. I mean, I, that's what I love about songwriting is that, you know, there there are so many different ways that you can interpret a lyric. And, uh, you know, to me, I think all of them are valid. And if that's what that means to you, awesome. I'm, I'm glad that it has that meaning. Sweet. Um, so did you did you write that when you were out on the Appalachian Trail doing your Find Yourself Walk? Actually, no, I wrote that uh, in Santa Barbara, uh, in Jeff Kranzler's garage studio, pretty much. And uh, uh, it was around the time of uh, like Bernie Sanders and, and that kind of thing. And it was a song about like just people, again, kind of coming together, regardless of, um, of, of race, actually, like that was a part of it as well. You know, it was like the, talking about um, that there are disparities, you know, in our world very much so between between people of color and people uh, that are white and and just saying hey like let's let's help each other out and get through this because when it comes down to it you know we're all people right yeah that's impressive that the I mean you basically say that you say my skin your skin that's not the same world we're living in exactly. um, and it's just so funny that I I interpreted that so differently. <laughs> <laughs> and now that I hear it, I'm like, oh, it's actually like pretty explicit. I, I, that was pretty literal shot for me. Sometimes I hit it right on the nose. I'm like, no, no art today. Just, just straight down the pipe. You know? It's, I mean, it's a good line. I really like it. Um, that song vocally is a lot. You do a lot of things vocally that are, they seem tiring to me, <laughs> like because mm, they're they they. They require so much effort. Um, and you, like when you were in Santa Barbara, you were playing like uh, all the time, just all the time. Um, and what I'm really curious about from you is like, how were you keeping it up? What were you doing to maintain your voice? What were you avoiding or what were you not avoiding? Um, like how, how, were you taking care of your voice and how are you taking care of your voice now, if, if at all? That is definitely something that I've always struggled with. And um, I don't know if, if you can identify with this, but as a singer, I'm always like, I wish I could just sing a little bit higher, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like the, there's that, that, like, that song's so cool. And there's that one note that's just a little bit out of my range. Right. And uh, so I've always been like kind of forcing my voice to go places that it, it hasn't and uh through uh mimicking other people and kind of figuring out like some of the techniques that um that i think that people like chris stapleton and, and like uh Rayla montana are using where it's almost like halfway between uh singing in a full chest voice and, and a falsetto it's like this weird Rayla montana always sings so high but it's this like it sounds like 
if chest voice is here, it's like right before his throat. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of fuzzy. Like he's got this like furry vocal cord thing going on. But yeah. um, so, so I, I feel like I have blown my voice out a lot, especially when I was younger. And uh, the things that I do now to uh, keep myself in, in pretty good shape are uh, I don't drink a lot on a gig, right. you know, um, alcohol really does mess with me and uh, I make sure that I get a lot of sleep. So like in some ways, you know, musicians actually are athletes. We just use different muscles, you know right. what I mean? So, and the muscles happen to be inside our bodies and people can't see them. And if they looked at our vocal cords, they would know that we have like the bulging pectorals and biceps of, <laughs> of Mr. Universe inside our throat, you know? <laughs> which is really odd to think about, but it's yeah. true, you know? So, um, uh, you know, you have to let yourself recover um, and then you gotta take guitar solos. <laughs> you gotta be hydrating on the gig. You gotta hydrate beforehand. Um, and just keeping yourself in, in generally pretty good condition, like physically translates directly to, you know, your, your whole body translates, your vocal cords are part of your whole body. So you have to take care of all of it. Um, and there were definitely gigs that, um, you know, it, it didn't go so well, you know, cause it was like gig number five in five days. And, you know, we played a lot of like three hour gigs and, uh, um, but that, and, uh, just kind of allowing myself to not necessarily go 100% all of the time, you know, like the, the show has to have a, you know, kind of a exciting curvature to it, it has to have peaks and valleys right. and if you're like a hundred percent all of the time that just gets tiring for the audience so yeah. you know i would try to build my set like build a warm-up into my set so i don't do a lot of vocal warm-ups but i do typically start out the sets with songs that are kind of start soft and and gradually and lower and and, and you know as you go throughout the concert you'll find that the songs start to get louder and more you know uh uh, you know, higher, bigger, crazier notes, you know? All right. What are some of the techniques that you learned from Chris Stapleton, Ray LaMontagne? Like what? Yeah. Cause I don't know what those are. <laughs> yeah. I don't really know if it would be like actual, like, like the, the, the crouching tiger hidden yeah. cigar technique. You know, like, I don't yeah. know if they're like necessarily names for it, but just trying to, uh, figure out like how they're able to sing those higher notes smoothly to me is uh again just not necessarily pushing it in the chest voice uh, and like giving it that full round open throat but kind of it's like almost uh like it's hard to explain but like if you could visualize um like when you blow on a bottle and you get the tone off of that right. like instead of just blowing right down the bottle, you're kind of like coming across and from the back of my throat is how I kind of reach up to that. Huh. Um, I also found that uh, if you slide into notes uh, and don't use a glottal, a, a, is it a glottal attack? So glottal. instead of like saying, Gah, you go, ha, you know, so you kind of use an H sound instead of the ah, yeah. ha, that yeah. kind of just gives the note a nice soft place and you can kind of like start off quietly and, and, and 
let the note kind of blossom Interesting. And with volume. And that, that makes it easier to sing higher. Man, okay. I, I feel like I know what you're talking about. Sometimes I feel like my throat feels tired. Does your, like, w when you're practicing that, does your throat feel tired or is it like totally at ease? The idea is to loosen it, yeah, and get loose, like relaxed and, yeah. If, if you if you clench your fist, if you clench your throat, after a while it's going to get tired from doing that. Right. So, yeah, to relax and, yeah. That's interesting. Do, so, one... <laughs> This this is a revealing story about me, just in general, where I I also try to avoid alcohol when I play gigs. But sometimes uh, a gig is three hours and you're just tired of doing what you're doing. So I'll start drinking as like a coping mechanism because <laughs> I'm like, I just need something else to do other than just sing the whole time. Um, yeah, so what, uh, <laughs> when, when you do drink, do you have rules of like, I can only drink beer when I'm playing live or no? Uh, no, definitely not. And I mean, I totally get what you're saying. Like when we play at the Maverick Saloon, you know, yeah. you can't not have like a beer and a shot of whiskey. Like right. that's just what you do there. You yeah. know, yeah. the trick is to not have 10 shots of whiskey, you know, right. like. A, you got to drive home from the gig and not die, you know? Right, yeah, and then, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I tend to make poor choices when I drink a lot. So sure. um, I definitely try to, you know, give that vibe that, like, we're, like, partying right along with everybody. But, like, you know, maybe just notch or two down. You right. Know? Totally. I've been uh, staggering it towards the final set so yeah. that the, the majority of the heavy lifting has been done. And now it's just finishing out the job. Totally, that makes perfect sense. I love to drink like iced tea uh, on the first set, you know, and maybe on the second set I'll have a beer. And then the third set, maybe I'll have another beer. And then hopefully I won't have 10 more beers after that. <laughs> but that's something, you know, I've been getting better at, you know, because uh, especially for us, you know, it, it almost feels like alcohol is part of our pay, you know? And if we say, oh, no thanks, that we're like, turning down one of the incentives. And, you know, I think that's one of those big uh, misconceptions though, when people um, kind of see us and they're like, oh, you guys party all the time and every night you're out getting drunk and da da da. And like, just, that's not sustainable. Like that's how, how, how you know, you, you could end up with a problem, you know, so. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's, it's great to have a few, have a couple, you know, but. Yeah, I can't do that every night, man. I'm getting older, man. Hangovers are bad, you know. It hurt. It's painful. <laughs> um, one of the things we have in common, one of the books is Name of the Wind. And uh, you remember Kavoth, he has this trick where he pays the bartender half. Uh, I've always wanted to do this. Um, like, ask the bartender to, like, not serve me alcohol and then just pocket the money and pay me half at the end. Yeah. Um, and then if somebody asks for the drink, then the bartender makes them something that's really foul and disgusting, you right. know, and then the yeah. guy's like, oh, how do you drink that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that was a good book. Good book. <laughs> I've, uh, yeah, I've always wanted to, but it also kind of feels nefarious. I'm not, oh, yeah. not really interested. Um, are you, are you still writing new songs or what, what is your art these days looking like? Um, so a few different things uh, have been going on. Um, not so much during 
this pandemic time, during pandemic, I've written one new song, and sure. it's like, again, pretty much just about being in a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I've been working with an artist here in Connecticut named Nikita Waller, who's just an incredible like R&B singer. And uh, we've written about five songs together so far. Cool. And the idea with that is to hopefully put out um, an EP or, or something for her. Cool. But that's kind of stalled right now because, you know, we can't really get together and, you know, it's difficult times. So, yeah, you know, we definitely write better in person. We tried doing a, a Zoom writing session and it was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and I've been doing some other project work, um, doing some like, you know, covers, you know, those cover videos where, yeah. you know, everybody's in their own video square. Like yeah. doing a couple of those with some guys that I used to play with way back when here in Connecticut. Sure. Um, you but yeah, I've, got, I've got one new song that I, I could definitely play you. Sure, I would love it. If you want to hear it. Yeah. I would love it. All right. Let me just tune this sucker real quick. This one's in a drop D. All right. So uh, this one's called We're All in This Together Now. <laughs> it goes like this. Sounds better with the other instruments that I recorded. I played like upright and some drums and Heck yeah. had some violin and viola going on. Do you play well. all of those instruments? I do, I do. And I need to get, you know, into the studio more and, and play with that stuff more because it was really fun. Yeah. It's so hot here. 
and uh, we don't have central air. And so, uh, like right now, I think I'm about to sweat through my shirt. <laughs> Wait, you don't have air conditioning? Well, we have an air conditioner, but I'm not okay. going to turn it on right now because it sounds like a jet engine. Sure, <laughs> sure. Oh, that, yeah. I We run into that same problem. I record at a guy's house in Pasadena and uh, it's always blazing hot inside. And then between takes, we turn on the air conditioning and just all stand <laughs> next to it. Yeah. It's like, again, it goes right back to that like uh, athletics metaphor from before, you know, like we're cutting weight, we're sweating it out in the sauna. <laughs> right. Um, what are you, like, what do you use to record right now? What is your home setup? Well, I have, a, I have a MacBook and I have Logic. Cool. Um, and I have a, a Universal Audio Apollo Twin interface. And then I have, you know, a few mics. I have a, a SM58, like what you've got there. Yeah. Um, I've got a Telefunken M80. Uh, and I've got uh, an AKG C414, which is a, cool. a more of a studio yeah. mic. I have uh, that one right behind us. Nice. Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> I was looking at like, cause as, as soon, like all of them are on back order right now uh, because they're kind of like the studio quality microphone and every musician needs a studio quality microphone in their own house right now. So they're, they're pretty, they're pretty backordered at the moment. Um, that's sweet. So are you are you working on like another uh, EP or album in the in the upcoming future? What does that look like? Um, yeah, so the Brian Titus Trio uh, definitely has some new songs that we haven't recorded cool. and uh, probably even some ones that, that you might not have heard because I wrote them, you know, pre-pandemic, but here in Connecticut. Right. Um, so I could definitely play you some of that stuff too, if you'd be interested in hearing it. Sure. I mean, um, yeah, if you're totally down, then... I'm down. I'll play songs too. all night long, man. You know um. <laughs> Three hours, <laughs> I, let's go. <laughs> I, I also wanted to ask you about, um, like, your influences and your ability to do vocal runs, because I feel like I... I, I feel like your ability to do vocal runs is very very good <laughs> and yeah but it's not will bremen good sure <laughs> that guy is crazy <laughs> uh, yeah. crazy good yeah yeah um but i mean still i like your vocal runs like you're actually able to do the tennessee whiskey run which i like like actually, how, how, long do do you, how, how long do you think it took you to feel proficient enough to do it in public well, I, well, first of all, I, I don't do it right. I do, I, I don't do it correctly. It's, it is more difficult than I can do. <laughs> the one that, sweet, yeah, I can't do that one. Okay. <laughs> I do, I do uh, my approximation of it. Which, like that's my, my general rule is if I can't do something, I try to do something that I like, you know? Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm not like a shredding guitar player either, but I can take some solos that I like, you know, and, Right. It's the same idea with with that run. It's it's such a good one, and I can't do it. And I, I've tried. <laughs> I've tried for a while, and it is it's a little bit too complicated for me. I don't know what the notes are. Do you yeah. know? I I have to hear it in my head before I can do it, and I yeah. can't really, I can't hear it. You know? Yeah. How so, uh, when when you simplified it, were you just like, you you just tried to capture the same sort of feel for it, or did you like did do you like play it on a piano and then practice it that way or I, I definitely just tried to capture the same sort of feel yeah and uh and like 
one thing that to me is it's like a little bit behind the beat, you know, it's not like it's like you know yeah. that he does. So it's like it's kind of like a little bit more like swing swinging. So yeah. it's got a little swang to it, you know. That's yeah. like a swing but in the south. Yeah, swang. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that that one, let's see, what do I do? You're a sweet strawberry wine. You're as warm as a glass of brandy. So that's what I do. Yeah. And he does like dig it, dig it, dig it, and yeah. I do dig it, dig it, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> These are very Jack Black sounds you're making right now. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> And I'm like, um, when when you're practicing runs, like, did you like tell me about the the progression? Was there like a run when you were 20 that you learned, and you were like, oh, that that's how I learned how to do that like really quick walk down, like, because I struggle with all runs. And the only runs I can do are like three notes, four notes. But that's like what you just did was like ten notes. So like, was there some sort of on ramp of like, yeah, these are this is the first run I learned, and then like this is like the third run I learned, and eventually I was able to do this kind of a thing. I think the most important thing is that you have to feel it. You know what I mean? Like, and if you're if you're like counting out how many notes you're going to do, like that is the opposite of feeling it. You know what I mean? So like. <laughs> like you can't look at it like like I'm gonna count them all or like Pokemon like I'm gonna catch them all you know you're not gonna catch all the runs you, oh that sounds bad definitely don't catch the runs don't catch the runs but um yeah I don't know for me I listen to a lot of blues and I you know I, I, I grew up in the 90s and there was a lot of like R&B that was popular at that time like artists like Belle Biv DeVoe and you know like so and, and like um boys to men and stuff like that so i wasn't into that style of music at all but it was inescapable it was on the radio all the time and like i would like sing like try to sound like that as a joke you know and but i think it got in in me you know it got in my ear obviously it got in my head and then as i as i got older and i like started to be exposed to more music and not be such a like twit, you know, like I was, you know, you know what, I was like in high school. So I thought I knew what was cool. You know, I knew, I knew everything at that point. Um, and, and as I was exposed to more and more different genres and my ears kind of got bigger, uh, I, I, you know, I was like, oh, that's actually a really cool thing to be able to do, especially when it's so emotive, you know, like that's, that's what it is to me is like those runs are, for me, uh, more about like the conveyance of the emotion, you know, it, it, sh it shows the passion, you know, and it's, it's yeah. technical, yes, but like when you're doing it right, it is just coming out of you and you're not necessarily like thinking about it and analyzing it as much. Yeah. Um, but so the, the really difficult runs, I cannot do, you know, and like the things that a lot of the younger, like neo soul singers and, and, you know, I, I, I listen to Will Bremen and I'm like, wow, that is amazing. I, I really don't know how to do that. And, and yeah. it, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's an art form in itself, you know, 
Um, so my, my advice to you is like, find, find the thing that you can do that feels good and do it well, you know, and, and, and like own it and be like, this is my thing, you know, I'm going to do this run and, and, you know, and yeah, man, be proud of it. It's your thing. Are there, are there runs that you don't like that, that, that like certain songs that like do a run or like certain times that you've been like, that's the opposite direction I want to go. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say that. I think everything, um, there's, there's different reasons for doing different things. And, 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 uh, and some of it is, is flashy and that's awesome. And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't condemn someone for doing that, you know, like, because that's like things like that get you noticed and like more power to you if you can do it. Um, again, I can only speak for myself and say like, I want it. Yeah, I want to feel it, you know, like I want to feel it, you know? <laughs> so that's, that's all you got to do. If, if you can make me feel it, then I'm going to be like, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you a hundred percent. I'm going to, I'm going to give you like two thumbs up, you know? As long as you can feel it. That's great. Well, yeah, if you can make me feel it, you know, if I can tell that you're feeling it, then I will feel that too. And like, that's the thing that I love most about music is that like, you know, when, when an artist is in it and they're like doing their thing and just like the crowd comes with you, you know? And, and that's one thing that I think, you know, our band was able to do like me, Jeff and Dustin, when we, when we're like feeling it, like it's, it's pretty potent, you know, and people like, Oh yeah, <laughs> I feel that too, you know? And uh, that's, what's fun, you know? Yeah. Your, all, your stage energy is pretty giant. Um, like it's, it's very infectious. It's very big. It's very lively. Like who, who do you feel like influenced you maybe growing up or like, as you started playing music, like who influenced your stage presence, <clears throat> your ability to do stage banter? Were there specific people you looked towards for that? Well, I definitely have gotten a lot better than at that over the last, you know, even five years, you know, like I, I would, that, that was, uh, you know, when we were talking about alcohol before, you know, I used to get very nervous, like, and I still do get nervous, but I used to get very nervous before a gig before. And so I would usually have like two beers before I went on stage. Um, and then that's not usually a great recipe, but that was how I, w I was able to sort of feel more confident. But um, you'll notice that I definitely don't talk too much at the beginning of a gig, but as we get into it, I start to talk more. And I think that that is probably common for a lot of people. You know, you start out, you're feeling a little weird. And again, after playing a couple of songs, you start to feel comfortable again because you're like, oh yeah, yeah I can do this. You know, um, I, I really like Tom Waits. Uh, he's just a weirdo and he like, the things he talks about on stage and in his songs are very strange. Um, I like Anthony Kiedis a lot from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, just cause he has this like balls to the walls kind of energy, this like, I don't care. Um, I'm just out there being, being me and I respect that. And I wish that I could do that as well as he does it. Um, and yeah, I mean, and then, you know, I, I don't know. I, I like the guys that get up there and just like sort of are themselves and tell their stories. Um, so like Taj Mahal, I got to see him at the Lobero in Santa Barbara and 
it was a birthday present from my wife and I got to sit in the front row and it was the coolest thing because this guy's like 80 years old blues legend and he just like is the real deal and he made me feel it and everything that he said even if he had said it a million times I felt like you know he was talking to me you know <laughs> it was cool it was really neat um, and then you know yeah I will say that Dustin who's in the in the in the Brian Titus trio with me like he's been a big uh supporter for me as well and, and someone who I've kind of learned a lot about uh, a, lot, a lot from um specifically he's got a like he he's got like banter skills like nobody's business you know and like the thing that I really liked about being in a band with him is that it was like there are two two front guys you know what I mean and we could kind of like you know if I wasn't feeling it he would kind of come up and like back me up and kind of like take the lead and like tell jokes or whatever and we would then we would kind of like kind of always be balancing each other out you know and and that was really cool and yeah he's just got he's got a great like kind of swagger you know (laughs) (laughs) and a great sweat the man can sweat through t-shirts and i i respect (laughs) it um what has it been like going from the trio to doing solo shows mostly in are you doing solo shows mostly in Connecticut or are you yeah I I have some uh different guys that I do play with um uh, a guy that I used to be in a band with when I was in high school Jesse Alfred is a a good friend and he's playing bass with me on some duo stuff and hopefully some trio stuff uh and then I met a drummer named Jared Caddy who's a he's actually a really gifted jazz drummer um who lives up in the northwest part of the state and so hopefully we're going to be able to get some trio stuff going, um, but it's going to be a different vibe, you know, like it's it's going to be more of like a plugged in kind of vibe, whereas the trio is going to be the acoustic trio. Uh, I definitely want to stress that I will be back to California as soon as I can and that, you know, Jeff and Dustin and I will, will still be playing together whenever we get the opportunity to that band is one of them like musically one of the most special things that's happened to me in my life and uh i'm insanely grateful for the fact that we got to do what we did in santa barbara and i'm again it's just like something that bums me out that did not be be able to get back there this year right yeah you guys you guys are a very special group it's it's so interesting the like did you get to watch the michael jordan documentary i haven't yet man i've not like, like I haven't been watching TV. I've been watching a lot of TV, but there's so much good stuff out there right now. But I highly recommend it. And it like one of the things, because I, I used to play sports in high school and I still love sports to this day and just general competition. But like the feeling of being on the same team with someone and yeah. being able to share this like mental link with another person and with just like the slightest twitch of your body them understand what it is that you mean and like musically be able to go somewhere without speaking about it um i think like the the chemistry between you jeff and dustin is incredibly strong and you've played a crap ton of gigs together so (laughs) well you know you don't play a game without having without having practice right so it's the same thing yeah yeah it's a it's a really special thing how um when you play solo do you deal with, because one of the reasons why I like to play with people is because it feels way less lonely. <laughs> so do you, um, like, do you struggle with those types of feelings as you play 
uh, more solo gigs in Connecticut, or do you generally feel pretty good? Um, I feel pretty good, but I would say that it's a different animal. You know, like the gigs that I'm playing are not anywhere near like the kind of gigs that I was playing in California. You know, we're not playing at breweries and wineries and, and on stages of theaters and stuff. I'm playing at like restaurants and I'm more of like, you know, the dinner entertainment guy who, mm. you know, who like singer songwriter that tells the stories. And, but then, you know, people come up to me and like ask me to play the Eagles and I'm like, okay, mm. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I've kind of developed like this, this different narrative for that kind of thing. And it's, it's become a little bit, it, it's gotten better. Like at first it was a little bit like, Oh man, I really miss playing with the group. Um, I, I definitely miss playing guitar solos and being able to rest, you know, cause you know, when you're playing solo, you're like, I'm on all the time now, you know? Um, but again, I kind of have tweaked my style and given myself some like mellower, you know, kind of beachier Jack Johnson -y vibes to, to kind of utilize for those those occasions, which is pretty much all I've got right now. There's like one place open in town. Sure, yeah. Uh, what you said, you changed the script a little bit. What What's the new script for like your? Well, again, just trying to like uh, maybe not be so like you know. So we talked about like the roller coaster ride of the show before. Like the highs are not as high right now. You know, there are not as there's not like this like, Wah! and you're like going crazy like you know, like, like fast, uh, manic, swirling energy that like sometimes we would get to with, with the trio, you know? Um, it's more like, you know, like, um, so baby, don't worry about a thing. Every little thing's gonna be all right. You know, like more like soothing. I'm trying to like make people uh, feel relaxed and, and, uh, as, as much as I can, like, you know, give them that sense of, of safety and, and togetherness that, you know, we used to enjoy before we were worried about people coughing on us, <laughs> like, you know, for our lives. <laughs> I, I feel like I've had to go through a very similar place because it, it's always frustrating to have so many good songs and for people to want to hear covers that, you don't necessarily care about. Um, do you have a most hated cover request? I, I do, and but the thing is, like, I will still play it because as much as I want to be like, you know, like, I still sort of have to say that I believe that we as musicians are in the customer service business, you know? And so, yeah, you know, I, I found that I will say, like, if you want me to play a specific song, you know, please write it on a $20 bill and put it in the same <laughs> jar, you know? Like, and, like, that's, you know, that's something that I learned from another, uh, you know, in-person musical mentor of mine, Mark Romano. He was like, you know, yeah. well, he'll play any song, you know? He's got, like, the book that's this thick. It's got literally every song that anybody will ask for in it. Um, but, yeah, he'll, he'll make you pay for it, you know? <laughs> amazing i'm gonna steal that line do it dude yeah and if it's wagon wheel then it's a hundred dollar bill right <laughs> is it wagon wheel it is wagon wheel <laughs> that's a hundred dollar song my friend <laughs> but you know we're in santa barbara people can afford it you know well yeah, so, some totally. people can
and hopefully they come to our gigs and give us hundred dollar bills. Right. <laughs> um, that is the exact song that my mom most recently requested from me. So there you go. Oh, buddy. It's yeah. It's it has it's, four chords. That's like one more than some other songs. It's weird that like if you use only four chords, it's like worse. But a lot of times, like three chord songs are like way more uh, prestigious. Um, it's weird. It's a really weird concept. Um, looking looking out to the to to the future, you're you're hoping to make an EP. You're hoping to get back to California when you're able to. Um, what like what are you kind of doing in the meantime to sort of hone your craft or to sharpen the axe? Um, like, cause I, I feel like there's only so much we can do during this time. Um, because certain progress relies on like exposure and like, I, I don't necessarily have the tools to like get that exposure online. So I sort of rely on the in-person stuff. So like, what are you doing in the meantime between now and whenever the pandemic ends to like, make sure you're like, put your best foot forward? Well, the first thing is that I'm, I'm trying to be gentle with myself, you know? Uh, I definitely, like all musicians, play that game of, I'm going to now compare myself to other people who are vastly, <laughs> vastly more successful than I am. And now I've made myself feel like a pile of poo. Um, so I think I'm going to be gentle with myself and I'm going to uh, kind of, I guess what I'm, what I'm primarily trying to do is, you know, a long time ago with, with the Brian Titus trio, we came up with the catchphrase of postmodern barn dance. And I've been trying to figure out what the actual, hell that means you know and like and try to put some songs together that kind of are in that in that style of of sort of bluegrass sort of folk um lots of fun lots of train beats lots of shuffles and and uh and talking about um something that could be happening today or a hundred years ago you know like trying to draw those um the comparisons of, of what hasn't really changed that much that 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 is positive, you know, and celebrate the things that that are old fashioned but good, you know, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and 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 kind of foster that spirit of, of community that that those kinds of barn dance and and that kind of thing could possibly uh, be, you know, like I want to create a place that's that's fun and and everybody's welcome and and that music that that kind of brings people together and and uh no matter where they're from they can have something in it you know so yeah. i think that's what's cool about american music you know it's like we have you know the blues and 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 like the birth of rock and roll and and like that that musical melting pot that is that is the probably the the in my opinion this this country's greatest singular achievement you know is yeah. is is American pop music. <laughs> Maybe not pop music, but you know. <laughs> um, as you were saying that a uh, song idea came into my head for that. Um, you could say that uh, like the song title could be old fashioned and, and it's just about ordering an old fashioned at a bar. 
That's a good cocktail. And because uh, every people have been drinking old fashions for a long time, and then you, it can just be a bar scene. Anyway, that that was my thought. I think that's a good idea. I think that it's it's funny that uh, could you imagine a new cocktail called an old fashioned? You know, sure. We got a new cocktail. It's brand new. <laughs> it's old fashioned. You can have one too. Um. <laughs> Um, so Are you gonna play any songs, Connor? Or is it just this is me playing today? Uh, I'm I'm happy to play you a song. Um, I got right right now. I'm in the process of making a uh, a EP full of love songs. Um, I've kind of just saved all my love songs for this occasion. Um, three of the songs on the album I'm not putting out on the internet anywhere, and the other ones I've like totally bombarded the internet with. And we'll continue to do so, but um, I realized I was always playing the songs that were about to come out on the album, like before the album came out. So everybody was just like, "Oh, cool! <laughs> I already know this song." Um, yeah, this one. song is called <clears throat> uh, This Is How I'll Love You. This is about um, when my wife and I first got married, there was just like a ton of stuff we had to figure out. And this is me learning how to love her better at the very beginning. And it involves like she worked at the preschool and then she would come home and I was unemployed, AKA self-employed for the first time in my life. So I was just crazy bored and I wanted all of her attention. And she would just be like, I just need you to give me 10 minutes silence, like 10 minutes, just do anything else. <laughs> and then after 10 minutes, I'm all yours, but I just need something to be quiet right now. And it was like, but that was like a really easy thing that I could do to love her. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it took me like a little bit to learn that and the song has other things in it too. Closet 
that was beautiful, man. You had me like, ding. <laughs> there was some, some really cute and adorable, um, but heartfelt lines in there. I li really like that, man. Yeah, uh, I saw you smile at the make sure your side has sheets. Yeah. Well, I'm, that's because that's I'm I'm guilty of that. I'm like, give me that. <laughs> in our first uh, in our first like few months of being married, we realized we need our separate sheets. So, because we both like to burrito. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And so we were both like, are we a lot? Like neither of our parents ever did that. We we're like, can you even do that as a married couple? <laughs> And we're like, you totally can. So, uh, yeah, that's what we do. We can make our own rules, man. You can make your own rules. Yeah. If, if you're happy, if it works. Um, do you want to play me one more to, to play us out? And then um, and then we'll call it. We're around an hour. Sure, 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 sure. Uh. Well, man, since you played that charming song, I'll play my charming song. And... Uh, this one is, uh, for me, is kind of like, we as songwriters need to have a good muse, right? Like that's a very key element. So this is just kind of a descriptor of my muse and it's called, I Got A Girl. It goes like this. My half moon hanging in a starry sky My masterpiece painted in black and white She's my telephone ringing on a Friday night Oh, I got a girl and she's alright Yes, I got a girl and she's alright So good <laughs> Is that new? 
Um, it's pretty new. Like it's not been recorded yet, so that'll be on the postmodern barn dance. I love it. That's a, that's hey. such a banger. The twenty in her pocket the whole time. Whole damn time. That's very just doing it just for the thrill. <laughs> that's awesome. I love it, man. Well, Connor, thanks so much for this, man. It's, it's been really great to see you, and yeah. um, I love your green screen. <laughs> I can't wait to see what you do with it. Yeah, man. One of the reasons why I wanted to do this is one, because, like, I, I obviously I miss playing music to, to people, but I also, like, one of the cool things about being a musician is meeting musicians and, like, getting to have relationships with these people who write songs. Um, I think I think sharing songs is like, like I I well, as soon as I saw High School Musical for the first time, I was like, oh man, life is gonna be like that. You're gonna have a feeling, and then a song will emerge, <laughs> and then when the song isn't enough, you'll dance, and uh, and then I grew up, and life wasn't like that ever, except like within songwriters. Like yeah. songwriters are kind of the only people who can make that magic. Um, because we practice that skill. And most of the time we have it going on in our heads, right? You know, like, how come these people are dancing? I just got my latte. It's amazing. <laughs> um, you need to ask uh, Carly and Bethany to play you their song, uh, Almond Milk. Um, because it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's basically them receiving almond milk and writing a song immediately. Um, those girls have got some magic. I know. They they too have a magical thing. Um, yeah, dude. So good to see you. Um, I gotta get going, but I can't wait till you get back to Santa Barbara and I'd love to buy you a drink soon. Dude, I, I will take it. <laughs> Let's make it an old fashioned. <laughs>